Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everyone. I've been waiting months for this, and I am so excited to say, welcome to Champions of Change, Shattering Ceilings in Sports. Building off Adweek's Most Powerful Women in Sports Awards franchise, this weekly podcast series is back for season three with a fresh identity. While you may have known the first few seasons as Most Powerful Women in Sports, Champions of Change spotlights the women and non-binary people making a difference in the sports world, both on and off the field. Each week, hear how athletes, marketers, creators, and executives are breaking down barriers and changing the game forever. I'm your host, Adweek Senior TV reporter, Molly Cahillane. I stay pretty busy at Adweek covering all things streaming, connected TV, measurement, sports media, and marketing. Thank you for listening, and make sure to subscribe to hear conversations with people changing the game. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Molly Cahillane. So if you know me, or if you follow me on Twitter, you know my passion is women's sports, and also all things Northwestern Athletics, so I'm slightly devastated that the men's basketball team fell to UCLA last weekend. But I am thrilled to be back here for season three with an amazing slate of guests lined up. It's been an incredibly busy time at Adweek these past few months, and our team just wrapped our first in-person event of the year, Convergent TV East. I'm actually now out in LA for a night for an Adweek sports marketing event, and then I head to Dallas next week for the Women's Final Four. Sadly, Northwestern didn't make the tournament this year, but I am so excited to see some of that talent and also check out the dozens of brand activations. I am really excited about our first guest this season. With the National Women's Soccer League kicking off play this weekend, there are few better allies to the league than the person I have with me today. Welcome to the first episode of Champions of Change. I'm Molly Cahillane, Adweek's senior TV reporter, and we are kicking off season three, but also kind of season one, with one of my favorite people to talk to and a true powerhouse in the marketing and sports world. Andrea Brimmers, the CMO and Public Relations Officer of Ally Financial, and she's also one of Adweek's 2022 Most Powerful Women in Sports honorees. She's here with me today, and she's leading the charge to advance diversity, equity, and inclusion in sports, and also happens to be a former collegiate athlete because she doesn't do enough. So, <laughs> Andrea, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Molly. I'm so excited to be with you, especially for your first episode. So thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect time to kick it off, seeing as the end of ACL season kicks off tomorrow. Was that pun terrible? I'm sorry. That was awful, Molly. Come on, you got, you got better than that. I know. Okay. I've got like 30 minutes to make it up to you. Okay, we can do this. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I guess I'd, I, I'm super excited about the season starting. And you were just telling me that you were with Allie and Ashland last night. So Allie Krieger and Ashland Harris, and I know they do a ton of work 
uh, with you and the brand. And then Ally does a ton of work with the NWSL. Um, so can you kind of start by telling me a little bit about that partnership? Or like, I mean, I know about it, but can you tell us about that partnership? Yeah, so look, I love our partnership with the NWSL because it's so holistic and so broad. Um, we've got the league partnership, obviously, as an official league sponsor. We're on every kit on the sleeve. And I think we've been um, really progressive in terms of uh, how we have worked with Jess Berman and the team over at the league um, through expanding the playoffs a couple of years ago from four to six to put more money into players' pockets and give fans more of an opportunity to see the see the playoffs to um, working to get the championship game moved to prime time last year, which was awesome. And, um, and really giving the women the big stage there um, to really a lot of content that we developed that gave fans first look access at the players and their stories and their journeys through a change maker series, which was really incredible to learn about all the things that these women do outside of the sport of soccer the relationship with Allie and Ashlyn and really um, how that has been in so instrumental in us shining a light on the importance of creating equity in women's sports. And then the Players Association relationship and what we've built with Megan Burke and that team expanding, you know, funding the expansion of a support staff for the Players Association, establishing a player impact fund so the players have funds that they can use and kind of go to. So um, all, all part of the, um, you know, all part of the model of um, making women's sports more more holistic and a better place for players to be able to play. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think the first time you and I talked was right after you helped CBS move the, the championship game into primetime for, for the first time ever. And it worked. The ratings hit almost a million viewers. Like, right. Awesome. And it was a hard night that, you know, it wasn't like we were up against uh, no competition. It was the uh, World Series and it was Michigan, Michigan State football game played in uh, prime time. So almost a million viewers was incredible and a huge jump year over year. I just was that like people want to watch women's sports. Well, I know. I mean, with Michigan State playing, was that a hard decision for you, Andrea, to miss the <laughs> Michigan State football game? We got slaughtered by Michigan that game, so I would have much rather be in uh, Washington, D.C. watching those women play for sure. Yeah, and you and I were both down there because I know that actually that was when I met you, too, because I ventured down to D.C. from New York, um, got to hang out with you in your suite for a little bit. Um and then I, I, I tell this story a lot, actually, because Alina Deldon, who plays for the Mystics, was there. And you were, you were saying, oh, shoot, this superstar for the team is here, and I'm a huge WNBA fan. <laughs> I feel like my listeners are going to start making a game of how many times I can mention the WNBA in a podcast. Um, I hope they don't. <laughs> but so, and, so, guys, Andrea literally goes, I, I'm a huge fan. And Andrea says, oh, do you want to meet her? Not expecting this at all. Um, she walks me over to her and says, Alina, like, M Molly, this is Molly. She's your biggest fan. And I think I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> you almost fainted. Huh? <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of the W. Um, I had breakfast with Kathy Engelbert yesterday, as a matter of fact. Oh, um, wonderful. I think she's incredible. I think what's happening in that league is just um, is just awesome. You know, they've tripled revenues under Kathy's leadership. And um, I love to see the momentum that's happening in that league as well. And, uh, you know, it was awesome to have Elena there because we're trying to really make the NWSL championship game one of those must-attend type of events. Mm -hmm. And to have other female athletes 
actually supporting the players, I think was incredible. So it was a lot of fun having her there. We had Angelo Giorgio there, you know, former uh, four-time Olympic athlete. Uh, it was just really cool to see the breadth and the depth of people that we had out for the game. Yeah, it was a really fun time. It was a little cold, but it was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Not as bad as Louisville the year before. Oh, I, sadly, I wasn't at Louisville, but, you know, I'm going to try and go each year now. So I mentioned Michigan State earlier. Um, I mean, you played in college, so we played soccer to clarify. So is that kind of why you're so passionate about investing in women's sports? Did that help or has this just always been something you really cared about? You know, I mean, obviously, sport has been an important part of my life um, ever since I was a little kid. And I think sports are really formative in terms of how they shape you, the kind of person that you become, the kind of leader that you become. And um, the way that you learn how to work with other people and the way that you learn how to, you know, just lead and be part of a team. And so I've always been passionate about the importance of sports and playing uh, at Michigan State was the great honor of my life in terms of my sporting career. And I want everybody to understand the importance of that. I don't want any you know, little girl to not have that opportunity to have the big stage. You know, for me, I always have this giant hole in my heart that I never got to play on an Olympic team or get an opportunity to try out because it just, that it wasn't available when I graduated from college. And so, um, yeah, having this platform that I have and knowing that I can make impact in something that I love so much, but that there's a real business reason behind it too, is like the perfect trifecta. Okay, well, you just set me up perfectly because um, speaking of business, the last time we talked was only a couple of weeks ago, and it was because um, Ally had done its massive sponsorship deal with Disney, kind of first of its kind. We're going to see women's sports packages on Sports Center. We're going to see new creative that's running, I mean, starting now throughout the Women's World Cup. It's really cool. But I want you to tell me about, oh, and also, I, I can't believe I forgot this with March Madness tipping off. Ally is now the official sponsor of the ACC. Um, congrats to Virginia Tech. Um, great game there. Yeah. Um, I have them going all the way into the Elite Eight, so don't bust my bracket, please. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess why was Disney kind of the right partner for that? And if I missed anything in explaining the partnership, it, what what you guys are doing is really cool. And I know it's bringing you closer to 50-50 media spend. Yeah, look... I keep telling people like the 50-50 pledge was not a PR stunt. It's a real thing that we're going to hold ourselves accountable to. Uh, you and I have talked about this before. The unavailability of, of women's sports media is a real issue when you're trying to hit a pledge like that. And, you know, I sat down several months ago with uh, Rita Farrell from Disney um, and Mike Denby, their head of, uh, yeah, who works for Rita, and we talked about putting together a really historic package where um, the vast proportion of our investment would go to media, uh, women's sports media. And, you know, it, it took a minute for us to get it together, but they were a great partner. And I think the reason that they were such a great partner is I applaud ESPN for how progressive they've been over the years with the establishment of ESPNW the leadership of Laura Gentile, who's the CMO there, the amazing work that she's done um, against women's sports has been incredible. And it was a natural for them. And we were able to put together a multi-million dollar investment 
with 90% of all of our funding going to women's um, sports media, inclusive of the relationship with the ACC, of which we're now an official uh, partner. Uh, you saw us show up all over the tournament. When they, you know, the Ally brand was everywhere. It also unlocks a lot of content, like we talked about on Sports Center and storytelling opportunities, um, but it also unlocks access for us to athletes for NIL deals, uh, lacrosse, women's softball, women's soccer, and the basketball. So really incredible. And I, I know the ACC is so excited. I've heard from so many athletic directors in the ACC, the commissioner, Jim Phillips, has reached out personally. And this is a this is a historic deal. Nothing like this has really ever been done before. It really makes me so happy. And I mean, I was with a couple of people from Warner Bros. Discovery the other day, and they were talking about what Ally is doing with the ACC and what you guys are doing with ESPN. Uh, I think they're a little jealous. Um, <laughs> That's so cool to hear. So, you know, yeah. I think we're doing the work. And um, I was at the at the WISE luncheon this week. Um, we were honored. And I can't, you know, and that, that room is a who's who of people in the sports world. I cannot tell you how many people came up to the team and just said, you're doing the real work. Like, congratulations, because you're doing the real work. And that's really what has to happen. And um, it's exciting to see the momentum. Yeah, absolutely. And then something that you mentioned a little bit right there, and but it's something you and I have talked a lot about is kind of this cycle that leagues and brands have been trapped in. I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to remember how you've described it because it was so oh, the good. Vicious I'm, cycle. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take your words. Tell everybody about the vicious cycle, please. Yeah, I mean, like the vicious cycle starts with this idea that um, the networks really don't give. Uh, coverage to women's sports. We know less than 10% of the media coverage today goes to women's sports because they fundamentally can't sell brands on the uh, audiences being there. But brands, um, therefore, don't have the media to buy because the numbers aren't there. It can't justify the ROI because the women's sports aren't getting the big stage and aren't getting the kind of time slots that will bring audiences, which then um, feeds into the um, uh, undervaluation of the leagues and the massive mismatch between men's leagues and women's leagues, which ultimately filters down to the players being underpaid. And you see this dichotomy of pay between men's and women's players. And all of it is this vicious cycle. And in that equation, the, the, the fastest way to make change is that brands have to come in with the dollars and force the change with the media availability and with the networks. And so that's what this has been about, whether it's been the, the deal with CBS on uh, moving the game to primetime for the NWSL championship, the ACC deal, all of this is going to have downstream impact now, which is going to increase league valuations and ultimately put more money in the players' pockets. Well, speaking of brands, we're going to take a quick ad break, but we will be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so I love when you describe it in that way and how, like, I can hear the passion in your voice. I can hear how ally, I mean, you guys are walking. I say this a lot. There's a brands that talk the talk and there's brands that walk the walk. And this is not an ad for Ally Financial, but <laughs> you guys are doing it. And it's re- I think it's so important because, I mean, we mentioned earlier, like when you put the, when you put the end of game in prime time, 917,000 viewers, like mm-hmm. for a league that is barely over 10 years old, it's incredible. Right. Um, so I can, so I can go on and on about this as you know, but no, and that's why I think feels like what you did with ESPN and Disney is so important. And I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, you probably know more about the internal workings of this than I do, but you're seeing how these leagues are so undervalued in terms of their media rights deals. Like I'm a TV reporter. This is, I've been keeping my finger on the pulse for this for a while. So like MLS's new deal with Apple is 250 million per year. And the WNBA is about 27 million a year. That mm-hmm. rights deal is up in 2025. And I've, I mean, I did not have breakfast with Kathy yesterday, but I have, <laughs> talked, but I have talked to her about this. Um, uh, Kathy's a commissioner of the WNBA, by the way. Um, so, and she is super passionate. I wrote a story about this in the fall around the time of the WNBA finals, maybe a little after, about how the WNBA is done being left behind in media rights deals. And like, Kathy's got a business background. She's a former CEO of Deloitte. She's right. going after it. She and then- sure- yeah, and then the CBS and Paramount deal with um, National Women's Soccer League is almost up. And I'm not going to ask you to comment on this. I'll try not to be a journalist. But when I, I will say when I published the story about Ally and Disney, all the Twitter chatter was about what does that mean for the NWSL? I don't know. Maybe we'll see it on Disney. I'm just Yeah, look, I mean, I'm excited. I think uh, NWSL's got um, Hillary Mandel, who's incredible at IMG Media, that'll be negotiating the, the rights deal. And, you know, she's they're going to go after it. And um, Jess knows the worth of the NWSL. Look at the valuations of the new um, franchises, $50 million valuations for the new clubs that are coming into NWSL. You know, we need a commensurate media package. And, um, and you know, I think that there's nobody better than, than Jess Berman that is going to know how to go get this done for the NWSL, working with Hillary and her team at IMG Media. They're going to be incredible. Kathy's, um, like you said, you know, former CEO of Deloitte. She knows the value of the, of the W. Um, and these, these, they're not going to settle for anything less than what these, um, what these deals are worth. And um, I, I think that they're now in an opportunity to be able to demand a fair price. And so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm really excited personally. Same. Um, as I said, like Ally is walking. And then I got distracted going on my tangent about women's sports valuation and media. But <laughs> Ally is walking the walk. But And we're starting to see some other brands do it. Like you just saw Aflac move they're on the ground with March Madness spend from the final four into the women's final four. So you're starting to see this happen. 
but how, and, and you're a marketer and you're a good one at that. So how can we Thank encourage, you. <laughs> you're welcome. How can we encourage other brands to follow what you guys are doing and not even follow, maybe create their own innovations, but do what, do the work with women. I think you have to, as a brand, identify where, um, you know, where your sweet spot is and, um, and, and what you can optimize into. When we first made the 50-50 pledge, it was interesting because the first reaction of, of both my team and our media agency, Mediacom, was, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to need, you know, X millions of dollars of incremental money to be able to make this 50-50 pledge. And my response was, no, we're going to we're not going to get any more money to do that. We're going to optimize our budget and get out of things that aren't returning the value that women's sports can return for us and do it within the current context of our budget. And it's interesting how we've been able to make that work. And I think it's a matter of other brands doing a couple things. One, thinking about valuations differently. Um, looking at the return on women's sports vis-a-vis other things that you're doing. Two, looking at the growing fandom of women's sports and the athletes themselves and how that will produce outsized returns for your brand and really being able to make that ROI case. Um, And three, then figuring out the place where you can play and make real impact and make real difference. Um, as you know, you know, fans of women's sports are exceptionally loyal and um, they will support brands that are supporting their passion point and supporting what they love. Um, we see people post all the time about how they've moved their money, all their money to Ally because we're sponsors of the NWSL and they want to support our brand. And so I think for brands, it's really thinking differently about, like I said, that valuation and that and that optimization and really running towards it. Absolutely. And on the point that women's sports fans are incredibly loyal, I can say as a fan myself, absolutely. Like, And how NWSL fans have moved all their money into Ally, just anecdotally, when the league came back in Jan- June 2020, like first contact sport to come back uh, in the U.S. in the middle of early pandemic, I can tell you, I went out and I bought a six pack of Budweiser because they were a sponsor for the league. (laughs) And so I had a Budweiser with my dad watching soccer. And he's a fan of the league now, too, because pandemic, we didn't have much else to do. And I'm like, hey, dad, come watch some soccer with me. That's right. Now we got to get you to open an ally account, Molly. (laughs) Who says I don't have one? (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping you do. (laughs) Um, And I mean, we're making so much progress in the space right now, but. What are some of the biggest challenges you're facing? I think the challenges we're facing are still, um, one, unavailability of media and really having to create opportunities as a brand to be able to show up. Um, Two, uh, you know, so many of these so many of these league deals and these sponsorship deals are are done in a way that. you know, they, the, 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 the leagues have had to sell everything um, and, and it, leaves, um, it leaves very little room for other people to kind of come in and be able to play. So it's hard to monetize, um, you know, those deals for many of the leagues and they've, they've kind of given up everything in a lot of these deals. 
Um, and that was something that we did as part of the NWSL deal is we gave up a couple of categories in the financial services sector so that the league could actually actually monetize that and get more sponsors in. Um, and then third, it's just availability of what to sponsor. Since, you know, you think about it, it's really WNBA and NWSL that are even really out there, LPGA, um, yeah, you know, obviously some women's tennis. There's not a plethora of women's sports to actually sponsor. Um, and so that makes it hard as well, which is what's the next deal that you do? Where's the next place that you that you invest and support? And um, those are some of the challenges we've absolutely had to face. As you say that, kind of, my gears are kind of turning now because we've seen such an explosion in college sports too with like the growth of volleyball, the growth of softball. With NIL now in the picture, and I, I don't... Is there more of an opportunity for brands to get involved in investing in women and women athletes through NIL? Absolutely. And I think it's it's imperative that um, brands do. I mean, if you go deep and read a lot of um, the pros and the cons of NIL, a lot of pros because it puts money directly into the athletes' pockets and pays them for something that they probably should have been paid for all along. The down. Uh, you know, kind of the downstream impact, however, on women's sports could potentially be significant because a lot of individual boosters um, and NIL groups that are getting together and investing are tend to um, invest more in men's football and men's um, basketball, uh, as opposed to where they used to invest, which was into general athletic funds that would support all of the programs. And so you're seeing many conferences now struggle with kind of that, uh, you know, funding that used to be set up for the general athletic fund going directly to those players on, on men's teams and um, struggling with how they're going to keep a lot of their teams, of the women's teams afloat. So it's a great place for brands to be able to come in and fill uh, a very wide gap that's been left open by some of this change in the NIL money. My wheels are very much turning right now, and I feel like that in itself could be an entire podcast episode. I see your wheels. <laughs> yeah. I think for, there's smoke coming out of your headphones. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm like, there's a story here. There's a story here. Uh, all right. I'm definitely going to have, we'll connect offline about this because I, I have a lot of questions. So, okay. I have a lot of questions and I'm not afraid to ask things when I don't know them. So Andrea, there's something I don't know a lot about and that is NASCAR and car racing. I, I, I'm not, I don't know a ton, but I know. We're going to get you to a race, Molly. Well, last time we caught up, you were down at the Daytona 500. And I was like, this is awesome. And then I was seeing all over social media, the Ally branded car. Talk to me. What yeah. is this partnership? Like, why is racing somewhere you want to be? Like, tell me all about this, please. So, so NASCAR was, was one of our first sports relationships. Um, our relationship with Hendrick Motorsports and the 48 car. And at the time, um, Jimmy Johnson was the driver and, and we got the, the pleasure of being able to um, sponsor Jimmy in his last two seasons of racing, seven-time champion, one of the arguably one of the greatest racers that you know has ever been behind a wheel. Um, now our driver Alex Bowman, who's an, an incredible and incredible representation of our brand, and then we expanded the relationship with an actual with an F um, a league sponsorship as well. Um, we love NASCAR uh, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, we have strong roots in the automotive space. We're one of the largest auto lenders in the country. And so um, we support over 22,000 dealers in this country and have great manufacturer relationships as well. So NASCAR is in our blood and is a, is a natural for us from that 
perspective. Um, it is a growing sport. It has become an exceptionally culturally relevant sport. You see all kinds of interesting new owners coming into the sport from Michael Jordan to Pitbull um, and others, which has been really, really interesting to, to see a lot of the kind of celebrity ownership that's coming into the sport. And NASCAR itself as a league is really focused on um, changing the face of NASCAR and becoming a very diverse an inclusive place where um, we want to be, it wants to be a more welcoming space than it has historically been. And you know us, when we see a cause like that, it's a perfect opportunity for Ally to come in. So, you know, last year we were the first brand to run a pride scheme at Sonoma. We've come in uh, now with a focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. We'll have a seat at the table on the DE&I board um, for NASCAR. We're going to work together with NASCAR around really trying to measure um, in, in significant ways kind of the change of the fan base and kind of more to come on that. Um, but it really gives us an opportunity to make change. And I'm super proud to say that our car this year was designed by a female designer. So um, we actually reached out to a female designer and um, and she designed the library for the uh, the 48 car. And um, it's it's awesome. We've got a night scheme and a day day scheme, and um, the popularity of, of the scheme has been awesome. Fans love it, and just an opportunity for us to make more change. All right, I think I'm going to have to get to a race. You've got to come to a race. We we have a race in Nashville called the Ally 400. It's a race, an entitlement race. It is an absolute blast, and uh, you have my uh, open invitation via your podcast here to be a guest of Ally this year. Well, thank you very much. And you guys hear that? It's on the record. It's on the record. No taking it back now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, okay, you brought up somebody earlier, Angela with Sports Innovation Lab. And I know you guys just made an announcement at South by Southwest. Uh, really cool. Uh, but I'm not going to explain it. I'm going to let you do that because it is, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited. Angela is somebody I had the pleasure of meeting last year. I think she's doing amazing work with the Sports Innovation Lab. And um, it, for those that aren't really familiar with Sports Innovation Lab, it is um, uh, it is a company that is dedicated to um, studying the data and the business impact of sports, um, particularly women's sports, and, and, and really producing outcomes and helping companies figure out how to produce outcomes for investment. Um, and um, with Angela, we have developed what we call the Women's Sports Club. It is an invite-only club. We're bringing together um, brands, uh, Puma, Adobe, um, Athletic, Athletes Unlimited, Billie Jean King Enterprises, Michelob Ultra, Nike, Octagon, um, Alex Morgan's company together. So you know, WNBA, we're really excited. And, and, and there's more Delta Airlines, et cetera. And the idea, Google's another big one. The idea is to get us all together. We're going to meet four to five times a year. And we are really going to have um, kind of private closed door real discussions about what are the systemic issues facing women's sports? How can we solve for those problems? And collectively, what do we want to do as a group of brands to make real change and then establish an agenda of things that we can go after? I've said this a million times. Google and Kate Johnson, she can't do it by herself. Michelob Ultra can't do it by itself. Affleck can't do it by itself. Delta can't do it by itself. Ally, we can't do it by ourselves. We come together, the power of us opening our playbooks up to one another 
discussing and focusing our dollars is the way that we're going to really um, start this massive change in, in women's athletics. And that's what the sports club is all about. Okay. That sounds incredible. And that's an intense and really impressive list of brands and people that are involved in it. And also, thank you. You just kind of gave me a list of people for the future guests of my podcast. <laughs> Anytime. You, there's, there's some good ones in there. Absolutely. And I mean, you said Kate Johnson. She is another uh, 2022 Most Powerful Women in Sports. Um, and I, I've spoken with Angela before. I just, I really respect what you guys are doing. And I'm so excited to see the change that comes out of it. Me too. I think a big part of what we're going to do as well, Molly, is um, we'd like to produce a, a report of which brands are investing in women's sports and um, and hold people accountable for their investment, ourselves included, uh, so that we can um, make real change. And I think it will be really interesting to see what those kinds of reports produce and what kind of change um, they start to create. So a lot of good stuff that's happening. Uh, Angela and her team are a phenomenal resource. And you asked me earlier about what can brands do that are thinking about, you know, starting to invest in women's sports. It's a great place to start is with Angela and her team um, to really understand the, the, the data behind women's sports and really start to be able to put together a KPI plan that makes sense. Well, you know, I'm going to want to see that report the second it comes out. Uh, you got it. <laughs> Appreciate it. And then we are almost out of time, which is wild because I could really talk about this for forever. But one last question for you before I let you go. We talked a lot about what brands can do, but how can individuals and people best be an ally to women and non-binary folks that are working in sports or trying to break into the industry? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's such an important one because it is, um, you have to have the right people behind the camera. You have to have the right people producing the content. You have to have the right people with a seat at the table. It's a big part of the conversation I was having with Ali and Ashlyn last night which is um, getting the right set of people around the table. I think, um, you know, uh, focusing on getting in um, in league jobs. There's a lot of open jobs in, in growing leagues um, right now. Um, investing in teams, trying to become owners. Um, you look at what's happening uh, like with Mel Strong and her team um, trying to buy the Portland Thorns. You look at what's happening in the Bay Area. You look at what's happening in Boston. You look at what's happening in Utah. I and mean, it's exciting. Um, and that's happening across the that's happening across the W and other places. So, you know, put your money where your mouth is and, and try and get a piece of a team, be able to have a real voice and then really focus on companies that are doing the real work in women's sports and um, and apply there you know, get, get in, um, be able to diversify the composition and the makeup of those teams so that there is a really diverse and holistic look at the way that we bring sport and competition and content to life. That's so critically important. So I think all of those are, are really good things um, for people in those demographic sets to concentrate on. Well, I think that's pretty much the perfect way to end. And I couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, Andrea, thank you so much for being here today. It's literally always a pleasure to speak with you. Um, and I hope everybody can join us next week when we are hosting Kelsey Trainer, founder of Invested Women and VP of Business and Legal Affairs at Gaming Society. Thanks again and have a great day. Thanks, Molly. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Champions of Change, Shattering Ceilings in Sports, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Amanda Sickler, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heal, and edited by Lane McGibney at Batwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. 
Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, shoot us an email at podcast at adweek.com. <laughs>